0: What's up, Long Players? Welcome back to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Nate Holt, what's going on?
1: What's going on, everyone?
0: Royce the Wizard Diamond, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. <laughs> and we are joined this week by Clint Hoffmeyer of Vehicle. Uh, we are going to be listening to his album, The Other Side of the Mountain. What's going on, Clint? Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Long Play Show.
2: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So uh, get us started. Tell us a little bit about uh, the album we're about to hear. Uh,
2: oh, I knew that might come up.
0: <laughs> uh, well,
2: what 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 kind of started uh, many, many, many moons ago was... Uh, uh, I've been playing in bands all my life, pretty much since I was like eight, and uh, I was kind of unhappy with a band in the late '90s. And bought a Boss BR8 disc, zip disc recorder, and wanted to write and record my own music. And uh, I put out two albums by myself as Vehicle, and then Vehicle turned into a band uh, for three more albums, and then it uh, there I thought it was done. The band broke up we were we had uh, had a farewell show and a cd release party in the same night uh and then (laughs) the pandemic hit and i found myself here in my house for a year and a half alone with my pup and uh i just to keep myself sane i started just kind of playing around musically recording stuff uh and it didn't take long to realize that the things i was spontaneously writing and a little bit of uh uh pre-writing, but mostly spontaneous uh, instruments and, th- and lyrics, started all kind of having a theme of isolation and solitude and processing life. And then I quickly realized, oh, shit, I'm, I'm writing an album. And uh, that's, that's kind of where it all started, where it all began.
0: Cool. So when, nice. when you say spontaneous, you mean you're just sitting down to jam on different instruments and kind of you realize that something's happening?
2: Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, I think one of the first songs I did is uh, actually track three, and uh, it all started with me just using a, a drum beat on that same Boss BR-8 recorder, by the way. I'm still using it for effects and uh, things like that. Um, started just like laying down a drum part, and then it, it just, depending on what was happening, I was like, well, I think this needs some piano, and lay down a piano, and then next thing you know, kind of build a song, and then almost just kind of sit back and start singing a part. Now, this was only like on one or two of the songs, really, before I, I heard them back. And like I said, they had kind of a theme to them. And uh, that's when I mentally started saying I'm, I'm going to write an entire album. And I, I think an album thoughts like as in the order of the songs from the beginning to end. So I was thinking, what does this need at this point? What 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 song... So I was writing songs based on what an album would need, really.
0: And then I reminds started me, putting more it. Reminds time me of approach. It. Yeah. Yeah, he talked about doing that.
1: Huh. <laughs> so where did the uh, where did the name Vehicle come from? Is it a Ides of March reference? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it, it, I had been in nothing but bands that no one could ever remember the name of them correctly or spell them right. And okay. uh, when I bought that Boss BR8, I was like, "This is like my vehicle to get my music through." Uh, and I was like, "No one's gonna, you know, screw up vehicle." And you know what they did? Like there was a mar- no, there was a marquee that I misspelled.
1: F- I named the file my, and, and, and when I downloaded, it, I misspelled it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. I bet you wouldn't let that happen on a marquee, though. Probably not. No. <laughs>
0: There's also a a Wichita band called Vehicles, plural.
1: Yeah, there
0: there is the
2: Vehicles as well. And uh, a long time ago, there was an email. Chain in the mid 2000s that went around like we should get all the vehicle
3: bands. <laughs> yeah, you totally <laughs> <Never> should. <happened>. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the intro, Clint. Well, how did you get this? How did you get to this point with it?
2: Uh, can I get a little more Royce? I'm
3: sorry to say that right at the moment. Oh no. Uh,
0: there's no mix within the calls. Royce Royce. Either got to lean in or Clint, just turn up your
3: computer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. How's that? Check, check. All right, I got you. All right. I
0: was, I was just,
3: just asking about that bleed the over too much. What's that? <laughs> I was just asking you about the intro. Like,
2: oh, this okay? So, like I said, good. like creating the process of what an album needs from beginning to end. Like, I knew one of the first songs I started recording was "Neat Sweets," which this is "Neat Sweets," uh, and it was five minutes by itself. And once I realized this was going to be, I I hate the terminology necessarily, but a concept album in a way. Like, and I started thinking about what I was going through in life when I wrote these songs, this song, and I was like, this needs some kind of insanity in the beginning to kind of represent where my brain was going without music, without any connection. Uh, And this, this, and then so I just kind of I wrote the the intro after i did this song and just glued them together uh well technically royce glued them together
1: <laughs> how, how how did you record that part uh, uh i mean if you don't know mind no no
2: there there's a uh at the beginning of this song there uh or before in between the intro and the when the lyrics start there's like a sound of like air and wind so I, yeah. I, I took that same effect and for, like, two and a half minutes just recorded that. And then um, I'm lucky enough that uh, the band I'm in has a bunch of nerds that are really into guitar gear. That oh, cool. I'm, okay. I'm not necessarily a gearhead, uh, but these cats had lie. left some stuff, and then COVID started, and we couldn't play anymore. So I had access to just, like, 60 a 1965 Ampeg and all these different pedals. Oh, okay. So nice, I okay. I sit back, I played a little me- melody, and then uh, sat down on the floor on my knees and adjusted the, nice. the delay and on a couple of different delay pedals.
1: Yeah, that's the, the the best way, the the most fun way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes a lot of times it's just like man. if I could do it organically, or I
2: I did uh, or something that I could physically yeah. do. I'm not much of a drummer. Um, I've played drums on previous albums, but uh, that's when technology was not at a very good place, so it made it uh, easier then to record the drums myself, but I was able to, well, borrow some drums, sounds, and I used different old keyboards to, like, a Roland XP-80 uh, drum effects. Uh, I, I use a Casio from like 1989 on one part for the drums. What I like to do is what I found how to hide my lack of drumming is to layer multiple drum parts on top of each other. Uh, Something with real organic sounding raw drums mixed with either, you know, lo-fi keyboard Casio drums on top of it. sync them together to kind of create a, an, a sound for myself. Yeah, those are the drums right there from the the Boss B.R.A. Which this song just started with with those drums, like, for eight minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, they sound good. They're punching above their weight, I think, here. What's that? They sound good. I think they're punching above their weight. Oh, Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm guitar educated, but also during COVID, I started teaching myself kind of keyboards and stuff like that. And so any piano stuff, I've had piano players hear this album and say, wow, I didn't know you could play the pianos like that. I'm like, no, I just have a lot of endless amounts of tracks. Uh, (laughs) So a lot of stuff is single notes. And then I just go in and and do other stuff uh, and add tracks to them. Have to keep anything it's it's better to have too many than not enough ah good point It's probably not a good thing, but I I will take first takes a lot. And I don't leave too much out, usually. I think it's partially because I mentally know what I'm I'm looking for when I do the song. And then the other thing is like, ah, that sounds cool. I don't want to lose that.
3: So tell us about the lyrics on this song.
2: Well, this was definitely uh, early on in the, the pandemic and was really self-reflecting. Uh, the song's called Neat Sweets pretty much because once you're in a groove of life, at least from my perspective, uh, and things are work, working good and they work the way they are, it's harder to take chances when things are safer. Uh, so why would I chance all these neat sweets that I have in front of me? You know, almost like at a candy store. Okay. Uh, but it was definitely a song of, I don't want to wait anymore. I don't want to wait to live anymore.
3: I my
2: gotcha. So this song started, uh, I've got some cheap drum mics and, uh, thank goodness. My drummer, Tess Yaley, uh, left her DW kit here yeah, and I'm, I mic'd it up and I just to a just to a metronome mentally played the drums and imagined that there would be a song later so I went Dunch, and then would switch to this is the chorus, do something different now <laughs> and I also wanted to, for it to sound lo-fi at the beginning and that's why it kind of kicks in with keyboard drums on top of the real drums. And so I wrote the song all after laying down the, the DW drum parts on this one. Did you
0: did you edit the drum part at that point, or you actually wrote the song to the drum arrangement?
2: I wrote it to the drum arrangement.
0: That is, that's definitely a cool, like, unique process. Not a lot of songs <laughs> get written that way.
2: Well, that and it was like an experiment, kind of, to start with. And then as I started, I'm like... Started coming up with the guitar riff, the bom 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 bom, which is kind of the reoccurring thing to the whole song. That's when I sit around on my front porch drinking coffee or driving on my scooter or bicycle and imagine and start thinking about what lyrics and melodies work with the songs. And then I I would spend weeks just thinking of what could work with it. And then once it once it clicks, it's like I got something to base everything off of. Uh. And there, there was this, this woman right before COVID that uh, was a real complicated thing that I kind of fell hard into for just a minute. And she kind of like tried to and quickly tried to change my point of view, as it says in this song. <laughs> uh, and so that's why it's like my, I put my best foot forward but the song's called Hard to Love because one night I told her, I said, you know, you're really easy to like, you're just hard to love. (laughs) She won't hear this. And I don't care. I don't care.
3: (laughs) And she won't have any idea that it's her I'm talking about. (laughs) I did not know that. You just started with drums on this. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why they don't sound that good. That I mean, like.
1: (laughs) No, man. Like I was about to uh, make a comment on just uh, the whole kind of the vibe of the song, and it's like a, it's sort of retro. uh, To me, like an '80s thing, and and the drums kind of sound kind of right in, in that vein a little bit, and so. I, I'm not thinking that they sound bad. I'm thinking they, that's just uh, how they're affected. That's pretty
2: much what I was going for, man. Funny, on that guitar solo that just happened, uh, Chris Toddy, the only other person that plays an instrument on this album, uh, when he heard that song, he was like, man, I and Royce, you know Chris, he's like a god of guitar. And yeah. he was like, I'm so impressed with that guitar solo you did. I don't know how you did it just hanging back. Just like it's almost sounds just a little bit off, and I love that. And I'm like, yeah, that's because I switched interfaces to do that guitar solo, and the uh, latency was uh, different on.
1: <laughs> it's <a> true story.
3: <laughs> this sounds like a fun album to make.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know how fun it was to be honest. I mean, it was fun. But it got dark, <laughs> you know, just staring at the walls. I'm, a, I'm not a, I don't get depressed very easily, but uh, you know, everybody has their, uh, how much they can take of isolation and solitude. Yeah, I hear you. And that's what this song was. I kind of sat down to write a country song for my country band. And it, I'm like, nah, they don't get this. This is mine. <laughs> but you know, it's called Alone Again. Like, oh, here we are. Shit. <laughs> Can't escape it.
0: You can always play it with the band live. What's up? Well, when you when you play shows with the country band, you can always bring this one into the live set.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I I, I write mentally differently for other projects. Royce has witnessed it actually. Like, we. (laughs) I I don't do anything I normally do with, like, this country band thing I do.
0: I'm going nowhere. Well, speaking of Royce witnessing, I mean, maybe you two have kind of a a deeper collaboration that I I don't really know much about. Maybe this is a good time to kind of talk about what that collaboration is and how it came to be. You
2: can't change uh, well, Royce and I uh, met each other at the bar I used to co-own, uh, Coda. Uh, and Coda was at 18th and Broadway, what and it was right next door to Fosper. And those cats came in to see us at lunch and uh, take and long lunches, we'll just say. I uh, <laughs> <need friends laughs> and we, one, one thing—I mean, we were all like noticeably different personalities and different backgrounds. But quickly, it didn't take long for like me, Chris Toddy, and Royce, and Jason to have a mutual... How much we have a mutual love for music uh, quickly was understandable. Uh, and we did shows on the rooftop for First Fridays. Uh, I recorded a... Royce's produced and mixed a couple of songs I did by myself. Uh, yeah, acoustic, man. acoustic
3: songs. The one we did for your mother.
2: Yeah, yeah, my mom present. But when I did this and I realized I was actually going to put it out, because I wasn't even sure I'd put this out. I was like, I'll give it to my brothers. They'll like it. Uh, When I decided that I was, I was like, what this is going to need is somebody who has a pro uh, concept of what I'm doing and understanding and love. Uh, Because I wasn't going to just pass it on to somebody. I I mean, I could have had somebody just master the overall album. But I knew Royce actually really gave a shit about what an artist's <laughs> perspective is and what they're looking for. And I, I knew I wanted it to cook a little more. And uh, I knew Royce was the guy to, to do that. And lucky luckily, he did it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised, man. I, I mean, when I first heard this record, I was like, wow, this thing is huge. This is huge. <laughs> I was blown away I really was I spent um, Clint knows I I mean I spent months On this record Like Yeah Making sure that it It got what it needed You know
2: I imagine you Put in as much time on it As I did On recording it I'm not kidding Like (laughs) I think it took me Like seven, eight months And Probably somewhere from Six to seven months For you Yeah It did Now this song is uh, an example of uh, starting with a uh, Casio keyboard drum. And then uh, I don't think I played bass on this at all. I I just had gotten a piano uh, and it was slightly out of tune. And so there's a, I just started playing this little riff on the piano. And then I built the song around that. But that meant that my guitar and everything else had to be slightly out of tune to to match the piano for the most part. So this is an example of keyboard drums with like percussion, live organic percussion instruments put on top of it, like shakers and tambourines and stuff like that.
0: And in addition to the tuning weirdness, I mean, there's there's the meter is kind of weird too, and the the way the the bars and the phrases kind of weave together is strange
2: yeah well and this is this is definitely one of the experimental ones that i kind of just that's there's not a lot of lyrics the only lyrics are i want to go home now she wants to be by your side the trouble is the pathways is overran by landmines uh like we were all stuck in our house we want to go do stuff but we can't it's you'll blow up outside (laughs) so it's just like one reoccurring line uh, so it's just like a, just a
3: a flow of thought, really. Well, and that's how COVID felt. It felt like Groundhog's Day. Like every exactly. day is the same day over and over again. Exactly. I will tell you, I like the way this sounds. <laughs> this is one of my
2: favorite ones and i think that is partially because sometimes i do my best work just like i said just kind of freestyle a little bit Mm -hmm. and like some of these effects you're hearing in the the left and the right and even on a vocal pattern i was running into a broken delay pedal uh, my, running a microphone into a quarter inch into a delay pedal and adjusting it, and the 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 adjustment levels had, were sticking, and they made that noise. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, well, I dig the shit out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nate like you were saying like you know about like having all kinds of tracks like you can also do things like bringing them in and out at different times which is something else that's cool
1: yeah um exactly it's uh it's kind of like and you can mess with that you know uh however you decide to do it you can break it up into you know bars and then you know measures or individual notes and take them in and out and sometimes i spend a lot of time doing that I just even just taking like say i think eight bars and just kind of doing random stuff in and seeing if it, like what happens from there
2: yeah yeah that's cool
1: how yeah, much- it's, just, is- it's just fun to have a lot of things stuff to, set, to work it with is. Yeah. yeah
0: this is a sidebar but nate how much do you do like when you're playing on a track you know, we're working on something for yourself. Do you record MIDI and ever manipulate that? Or are you just strictly in audio or? Sometimes it just depends on, yeah. Uh,
1: sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I'll just record MIDI and see. And sometimes I use that for, to, to, to you know, make other parts. Like like if it's a lead part, I'll do something with the MIDI and put it on, you know, like a pad sounder or, or, or do some sort of, you know, tweaking with, the MIDI itself, like Even now, randomization it and whatnot. not. the
2: efforts I, tried, I want
1: to try, I'm back, not a real drum? I
2: don't stand in line. I. Don't give I use the Boss BR8 drums on this one and uh, I would mentally count out and then because you don't have the tech on the Boss and I'm, I'm not a drum machine guy, I don't know, how, I, there's all kinds of things I could have done, but I don't know how to do them, uh, so I, I switch to something real quick just because it stays at the right time and then I and then I go back and I use the drums on the Boss BR8 to highlight the snare and the, the kick and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: And again, this is, this is this is front view for, for everybody who's following along, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh,
2: the access of all the different guitar amps I had here was one, and effects, that was fun to, to do. Because, you, you know, only nerds will know, but like, you know, I picked a different amp with a different guitar and a different pedal and then doubled on two different, you know, left and right channels to just to get a little bit of a different sound to it.
1: Now the guitar sounds on this one are, are great. I love the the and the separation between them.
2: Cool. Yeah, I was happy with the
1: guitars on this one a lot.
2: I sometimes don't like talking about lyrics too much. Uh, I'm willing to because this is what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> but if somebody's like list, decides to listen to the album like I, I, I don't want to en- encourage an idea of what they could think the song meant to them uh, but this song was definitely another self-reflective song about man I've just been believing in this dream of being a rock star my whole life and like not living life there's a, there's a lot of that kind of thing going on in this entire album actually Well, this is your tribe, Clint. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) I am aware.
0: (laughs) I get that. When I was... uh, When I was first starting to write, I mean, like, yeah, high school, I was very into knowing what artists were thinking of themselves when they wrote their lyrics. Over time, I've become much more, you know, everyone's interpretation is valid, and and like you're saying, like not wanting to give too much away. I still feel sometimes I still like to know a little bit, you know, kind of like what you're giving us, uh, but always keeping it open.
2: Yeah, I'm just as guilty about that. Like, I, my favorite bands in the world, I I will do anything to find out what they were writing about. I'm a total hypocrite. <laughs> now, this, I guess, is these, uh, the single. Uh, I only say that because I made a video to go with it uh, using a old 50s educational film uh, animation.
3: <laughs> Which is, it feels that's all I see when I hear yeah. the song. See? Now. <laughs> and that's the other thing about music
2: like, videos. My, I mean, I hate to say, it, like, my dad used to say, but my dad used to say, like, he didn't want me to watch MTV as a kid. It wasn't because of what I was going to see. It was because it was going to pollute my concept of what music could be just without visuals. Ah. I've always had a line that I, I, I'm not sure what is right when it comes to doing videos, but I, if you're going to do it, you might as well just do it all the way,
3: well, conceptually or... When like for instance when I got this record or uh, the one I just finished, I always turn off all the screens, no like additional lights or anything like that, um, and I just listen to it. So that makes total sense to me. Yeah. I don't now this song was influence. definitely
2: a, d- a good example of why I wanted Royce involved in this, uh, and and especially the previous song. Uh, it's like the the blandness that I felt I was getting from drums and bass. He was able to accent those in the mixing and mastering process to really enhance the to make them sound a lot thicker. This I wrote this one towards the end of this whole process, and uh, mm. I was uh, I was starting to get there's 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 some songs that there's not an order to them thought wise, but there's some songs that I uh, was really angry. About the current situation of the world that we were going through, um, and I, the reoccurring thing on this is she may loved you at one time, but she won't love you again, and this is not a traditional love song. I'll just say that this is anger. <laughs> <laughs> but chill that's how you approach that's how I approach anger is like how chill can I make it (laughs) like this song is literally the entire song is one thing over and over I
0: want to jump back I mean your dad must have really cared a lot about music to based on what you're saying about MTV and do you want to talk about your dad's relationship to music and,
2: and how that affected you yeah, yeah, I remember like as a kid, dad telling me about uh, imagining going to see Led Zeppelin. Like Led Zeppelin was like his favorite band in the world. And he never got to, he saw them eventually, but he told me about how he used to envision a like stairway to heaven and like seeing them live and like a staircase lit up in white with like Jimmy Page coming down. Like he used to tell me those things. They were pretty impactful. He was a truck driver. Uh, he, he's just a retired truck driver now. Uh, not just a tr- retired. Right, truck right. Driver. <laughs> he's still around, is my point. Uh, he he spent a lot of years on the road, long distance, imagining and thinking and listening to music and uh, listening to stories and writing stories and being creative. You know, you get out, you get that that long out on the road. You you got to keep yourself you know, straight.
3: This is the factory. This is when they're in the factory. That's right. That's right.
2: (laughs) The vehicle has a reoccurring uh, theme of cogs in our artwork. Uh, That's why if you look at the album cover, uh, there's a, you know, a giant cog over top of a mountain split in half. And my brother is, a comic book artist and he's designed all of our album covers uh so i've been able to have the same artist as keep a theme going and i remember he was so busy when i asked him i go levi i need another album cover and he's like are you do you already have an idea of what you want it to be I'm like, no, not at all. I was going to give you just free reign. And he goes, that's exactly how I would like to work. No problem. (laughs) So he waited to listen to the album and then design the artwork inspired by the music. But this video has some cogs in it, which
3: I was lucky enough that that worked out for continuity. Well, and the artwork had a special guest in it, too, didn't it?
2: it does it has me and my my dog in uh, as a silhouette yeah. uh, my pup passed away uh a year ago and oh, during during covid uh, she was 14 and a half years old i i know it's you know it's she was my best friend but i don't know what i would have done without that dog during this so she had to be on the album cover and really the name of the album is more of a theme for her because i would had this dream a long time ago even before she passed about uh climbing a snowy mountain and my dog going to help save somebody and falling down a cliff of the mountain and I'm like oh gosh darn it there goes my dog and then we climb the mountain we get to the other side of the mountain and there's this like golden city and alice was her name she just shows up and i'm like okay the <laughs> other side of the mountain that's where i'll see you again
3: wow perfect wow. i not know that
0: yeah Perfect. Well, we will see uh, all the listeners on the other side of the mountain next week. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was basically side A. And uh, so we're going to take a break. See you next week. We'll listen to side B next week. Uh, it's been the Long Play Listening Party.
2: Thanks, guys.